0: Where is Izzy? Hi, I'm Philip Lumel. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the Term Limits Movement for the week of April 26th, 2021. Your sanctuary from partisan politics. Tim Izzy Israel is walking across the country to bring attention to the issue of congressional term limits. We'll track him down and chat with him on today's podcast. First, we have some news on the progress of the Term Limits Convention resolutions in the states and about a surprise move by the Florida State House, which has revived, with a bang, the issue of school board term limits in that state. For the full story, let's turn to Nick Tombalides, Executive Director of U.S. Term Limits. Hey, Nick. We've been working on school board term limits in Florida for several years, and we had a breakthrough this last week. What happened?
1: That's right. It has been uh, quite the odyssey over the years for term limits activists in Florida who have demanded school board term limits. Uh, We got it on the ballot in 2018 um, Mm -hmm. before the crooked Supreme Court threw it off the ballot for very dubious reasons. Um, It has passed the House twice. It has now passed the House a third time. That is the news we have this week. Okay. Um, but what's different about this is we are hearing rumblings that it does have the votes to pass the Senate as well. Okay. Um, so it was an overwhelming vote in the House again, 87 to 30. School boards mm. in Florida are one of the few offices that don't have... Any term limits whatsoever. This is a constitutional amendment that would allow the voters to decide whether an eight-year term limits should be applied to all the school boards across the state. Okay,
0: so it's eight years, just like the governor, just like the cabinet, just like the legislature, um, yes. just like most of our county commissions and whatnot in our major counties. Okay, so this is clearly something that Floridians are used to and know, and we know from the polling that they they love the idea. What was the trigger that made it uh, explode this last week? Because we didn't really expect a vote last week, did we?
1: No, we didn't. Uh, what, what happened was there was a, a state rep named Sam Garrison, who I believe is from Clay County, mm-hmm. who, who had a bill to uh, remove pay for all school board members uh, in Florida, take away salaries. Right. And that wasn't moving anywhere, nor was the initial filed version of school board term limits from uh, Representative Anthony Sabatini. And so basically they did this maneuver called a, a strike all. Provision where Garrison replaced the language in his bill with the school board term limits language. And by doing that, the bill only had to get through one committee as opposed to the normal three. Uh, it saved us a lot of time and effort and hassle and, and trying to jump over these hurdles that the uh, self-serving opposition put in our way. And that is how it got to the floor so quickly and, and got the vote. And it was a bipartisan vote, by the way, of the 87 who voted for it. There were uh, a lot of Republicans, but there were also a lot of Democrats sprinkled in. Great. Well, that's how,
0: That's why it snuck by me. Interesting. And you know, this is important, and I'm not, I'm not that surprised it's bipartisan um, throughout the state, the parts of makeup of the school boards are different of course but the need for it is really obvious i mean these school boards aren't the sleepy boards you know made up of uh, mothers of students and and like that anymore i mean this is a this is big politics um collectively the school boards in florida spend about 22 billion each year billion with a b and you know they have to hire and evaluate these superintendents that actually do the running of the districts they set the priorities they're you know, they're the ones that made the rules about keeping their students safe during the pandemic and stuff like that. So it's important stuff. And there's a lot of room for corruption. And
1: we've seen some. Yeah, we've, we've seen some even this week uh, in Broward County, which is one of the largest counties in Florida. The superintendent was arrested. He was arrested for making false statements, perjuring himself to a grand jury in an investigation of corruption uh, because he's under uh, investigation for mismanaging $800 million bond. Uh, Do you remember they had the Parkland tragedy in Broward County, and he didn't implement most of the safety measures that were recommended after that. And the interesting, though, thing is the school board in Broward rated the superintendent as highly effective. (laughs) <laughs> just just a year before his arrest. Okay. And so, yeah, you have these cozy relationships, not just there, but in counties throughout the state between the school board members and between the people that they hire. And the only way to really sever those relationships and get fresh thinking independent school board is with term
2: limits. A man walking across the U.S. to push for congressional term limits stopped here in Montgomery. Tim Izzy Israel started his walk at the southeasternmost point of the U.S. down at Key West. Many of us have been there.
0: He's going to end at the northwesternmost point, which is Cape Flattery in Washington State. It gets lost in terms like career politician, but I just want to remind everyone that they're lawmakers.
3: That's what legislate means in the country. They're capable of being reelected for a lifetime, making laws. And I don't think they represent current,
2: current times they're in. Izzy also planning stops in Selma and Birmingham. The group U.S. Term Limits has been helping, uh, lending him kind of a helping hand ever since he got out of Tallahassee, Florida, and providing support for him.
0: That news clip was from Montgomery, Alabama, where Tim Israel stopped to talk to WSFA News 12 last week. On Friday, we caught up with him by phone as he continued his walk across America. <phone rings> Good morning, Izzy. How you doing?
3: I'm doing all right. Where are you at right now? um Centerville, Alabama.
0: Um how long have you been on the road? Cuz I know you left from Key West. When was that?
3: December 22nd in the in the in the late afternoon.
0: How many miles do you usually uh walk every day?
3: It has varied because of the uh the pack weight and just dynamics sometimes. My minimum goal is 13, is shooting for 20 a day. Yesterday I made 18.
0: Yeah. How'd you run into uh, Jeff and U.S. Turn limits? I don't think that you knew about us when you started back in December, did you?
3: No, I did not. I, it's something I was going to do, you know, hill or high water kind of thing. I was, was That's how I was going to go about it. And in Tallahassee, I got a little uh, news coverage, and they, U.S. Turn limits saw it and eventually, you know, made contact with me. They talked about support, and, and Jeff was the man to do it. Originally, what yeah me out know, on the whole idea was I had seen a, a video on my wife's phone. She goes, you're going to like this because she knew it bothered me. And it was uh, a guy named Nick Tombleeds that was talking to the Senate.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great.
3: All right, I had no idea that you guys and him were the same thing. I, it's kind of mind-blowing, really
0: right well nick is the co-host of this podcast and uh <laughs> um, i don't know if he knows that he was an inspiration for your trek uh, that he's going to be very pleased to find out that's fantastic yeah first time we heard about your trek was in uh because i saw the newscast in tallahassee it was it was forwarded around the u.s tournaments office and we were all excited about it there's somebody had done something like this before a guy named jim coxworth in illinois did a trek from uh let's see from chicago where he lived up to springfield the capital Um, doing the same thing, basically, to bring awareness to tournaments. But this is quite a trek across the entire country. So I have to ask you, um, I certainly appreciate the effort. It's exciting. We're going to track you the whole way. But what made you decide to walk across the country? I mean, you could have written a letter to the editor or something.
3: (laughs) I give some credit for that idea to my old buddy, David. It was going to be across country either way, because that's kind of a monumental thing. And then he and I started talking about, you know, what it would be for. And I was like, it definitely it would be for term limits. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he actually came up with the term land limits for term limits.
0: Land he, limits for term limits. So that's your yeah. motto. What what does that mean?
3: The southeasternmost point to the northwesternmost point. You can't really get too much more extreme in the lower 48 than the,
0: you know, attempt. Right, there. okay. Land limits for term limits. All right, great. So let me ask you this. You, you hit the road— and um, you're walking along. You have your big tournament sign. I love it. What kind of reactions do you get?
3: I get a lot of honks, which I take that as a positive most of the time.
0: One last thing. Uh, we're going to be tracking your progress on this podcast uh, as you make it across the country. If listeners want to check up on you, how can they find out where you are at any given time?
3: The easiest way would be to go to the website, which is whereisizzy.com. It should bring up Google Maps with a Little blue dot. And that's Got where it. I'm
0: at. So it's where is Izzy? No question mark, right? Whereisizzy.com. All right, great. So then people can uh, track your progress. And of course, like I said, we'll be reporting on you too. Good luck. Also, how are you maintaining yourself on the road? Are you taking donations or, or how's that working?
3: Yeah, there's a donate button on my website.
0: Super. Hey, thanks a lot, Izzy. I appreciate it. Thanks for the effort. When do you expect to reach... The end of your trek?
3: Sometime in the early part of next year, maybe. It's well worth it. I mean, like I said, this this has to happen if America is going to actually, I don't know, be an interesting, vibrant place with Mm -hmm. life in it again. It just feels like it's being drained.
0: Well, we appreciate your efforts. Thank you very much, Izzy. We've had some progress on something that we talked about in last week's podcast in Illinois. Um, We saw an effort to term limit the leadership of the state legislature in Illinois, a place that has notoriously fought term limits forever. And yet all of a sudden we get this full House vote last week of almost unanimous consent for term limiting
1: the leadership of both houses in the legislature. What's up? Yeah, well, it's a response to Michael Madigan, uh, who's the, you know, the 37-year corrupt Illinois House Speaker who's mm-hmm. under corruption investigation right now for getting over a million dollars in basically patronage jobs for his allies and associates, his political cronies, getting no-work jobs from the, the power utilities there. And so he has been ousted. And the new leadership in Illinois have realized that the only way, the only possible way to restore trust in government in Illinois is through term limits. Now, unfortunately, this is not the whole enchilada. This is not term limits on every member. It's strictly term limits on leadership. And my worry would be that down the line, leadership in Illinois may attempt to repeal it just like they did in Massachusetts. Um, If they can vote it in, they can vote it out. Correct. Yeah, it's not going into the state constitution, which would make it a lot more ironclad, but it's right. still a good start. It's a good start. And you have to hope that there are enough members in there, you know, who have their heads screwed on straight and who are ambitious enough to not allow one person to monopolize that seat for another four decades.
0: Right, because that four decades, for all that experience, for all that um, fine honing of his political skills, they've been a disaster for the state of Illinois. I mean, when he took over, um, Illinois was, had one of the best credit ratings and was in the best economic position and fiscal position of any state. I mean, they had a triple-A bond rating, and now they're basically down to junk. And this happened during his reign and during a period where, because of his great power, to get anything done basically had to have his approval. That's the power that came with that tenure, and the um, effects on the state were disastrous.
1: Yeah, he, he has been um, over-promising and under-delivering for 40 years. It's funny, you mentioned the credit rating. You look at the graph of this. Uh, Illinois Policy Institute has put up a, a graph, great chart of the credit rating, and it literally looks like the hill on a roller coaster, just going totally <laughs> <Right>. downhill, just <laughs> mountains of red ink going from a triple A rating to a triple B minus, which I think is the lowest rating in the history of any state. It's like one level above junk status. What we've learned from the Illinois experiment is the more political careerism you pump into a governmental body, the worse off you are. They become totally out of touch, totally disconnected from the people, completely self-serving instead of public serving. And Illinois is the ultimate example of that. They have $200 billion in unfunded liabilities as a state. They're going to need a federal bailout at some point soon. And there's really no end in sight for the mismanagement. So... Term limits, great start in Illinois, but they are a cautionary tale. Yeah. This is a crazy statistic, too. Since Madigan first became Speaker in the early 1980s, Illinois has seen 1,978 public corruption convictions. Wow. That is an average of one per week. It's the most (laughs) convictions per capita among the 10 most populous states between 1983 and 2018, according to the Department of Justice. That's incredible. I rest my case.
2: This is a public service announcement.
0: Earlier this month, the Tennessee State House passed the resolution calling for a national amendment writing convention limited to the subject of congressional term limits. As the Tennessee Senate moles finishing the job, we've seen U.S. Rep. Tim Burchett, and Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs make public stands in favor of the Term Limits Convention. Then last week in Nashville, Aaron Duquette echoed their calls on the News Channel 5 show, Open Line.
2: Tonight we are talking about term limits. Uh, when it comes to our lawmakers, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. But first let me introduce you to our guest. His name is Aaron Duquette. He is the Tennessee State Director for U.S. Term Limits. Hi Aaron. Hi Carrie. how are you tonight? Tell us about U.S. Term Limits. I didn't know this was an organization. Sure, we've actually been around for quite some time. Um, the U.S. term limits was established in 1992. Back in the mid 90s, there was a big push and a lot of discussion about term limits. And U.S. term limits at its inception worked uh, to get a lot of ballot initiatives in the states going so that the voters and the state legislatures would pass laws not only passing uh, state level term limits, but also legislation that would term limit uh, a state's own delegation to Congress. So the states would all have representation at all times, but they would have varying term limits depending on what that state decided. So actually uh, 23 okay. states passed some form of, of legislation like this to term limit their own delegations to Congress, which is substantial movement in just about three years what happened was that in 1995 uh there was someone that wasn't very happy with the this law there's an arkansas law uh, like this and uh, it was challenged all the way to the supreme court and in a supreme court case that we were a party to uh u.s term limits versus thornton uh in a five four split decision it was ruled that all those laws in the 23 states which put term limits on their own delegations to Congress uh, were unconstitutional. And they ruled that only a constitutional amendment which applies across the board to any state and any representation in any state could put term limits on Congress. So how do we get a constitutional amendment if that's what the majority of voters want, our term limits? Yeah, so we're bound to to follow what the Supreme Court has told us, right? So we have to get a constitutional amendment. And the the Constitution tells us how we can get constitutional amendments. In Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution, it's outlined two ways for proposing amendments and two ways for ratifying amendments. What it provides for is that when two-thirds of the state legislatures, today that's 34 of the 50 states, pass a convention for proposing an amendment, Uh, then all 50 states can come together for sort of the one and sole purpose of proposing an amendment according to that which they applied for. So our organization supports legislation in the state legislatures that when 34 of the states have passed the resolution, then all 50 states can come together to propose a congressional term limits amendment proposal.
0: Thanks for joining us for another episode of No Uncertain Terms. The Turn Limits Convention bills are moving through the state legislatures. This could be a breakthrough year for the Turn Limits movement. To check on the status of the Turn Limits Convention resolution in your state, go to turnlimits.com slash action There, you will see if it has been introduced and where it stands in the committee process on its way to the floor vote. If there's action to take, you'll see a Take Action button by your state. Click it. This will give you the opportunity to send a message to the most relevant legislators, urging them to support the legislation. They have to know you're watching. That's turnlimits.com slash take action. If your state has already passed the Term Limits Convention Resolution or the bill's not been introduced in your state, you can still help. Please consider making a contribution to U.S. Term Limits. It is our aim to hit the reset button on the U.S. Congress, and you can help. Go to termlimitscom slash donate. termlimitscom slash donate. Thanks. We'll be back next week the revolution isn't being televised. Fortunately, you have the No Uncertain Terms podcast.
1: U-S-T-L